When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome into the PHNX Suns podcast. I'm Lindsay. That's Saul. That's Gerald. That's Espo. Unfortunately, no new hat today, though. No new hat? No new hats. I got to get my... It truly is a Monday. I know, right? Just (laughs) literally not nearly as much fun without new hats. You guys are such bores. Who cares if it's a Monday? We're talking Suns. Yeah. (laughs) But wouldn't Suns be more exciting with a new hat? (laughs) Yay, August. <laughs> bring some. I, th- I think that's what it is. I think we've officially hit mid-August where the beginning was like, oh, no worries. We got this. We got this. We'll figure it out. And now I'm like, I don't think I got it anymore. We're there. It's objectively the worst month. It, it really is. In the- for so many different reasons, but we are so, so close. So stay with us for an hour to talk about it. <laughs> now that we get you hyped up. We are so close to getting through everything. I think everyone can collectively agree that it sucks because you're you're right there on the cusp of everything starting up again, mm-hmm. but you still have to wait. And that's like going to bed on Christmas Eve and having to wait until Christmas Day to open up your presents. Worst, Nobody wants to do that. Worst co- you know, coach's speech ever. Hey, guys, <laughs> it's August, so... <clears throat> Go out there, I guess. So. Well, I'm not a coach. <laughs> I, I do want to say one thing before we get started. Sure. Somebody owes me some motherfucking money. Oh, boy. Just so you know, I have screenshots. I know who you are. <laughs> I want my money. Well, we're not going to go down that rabbit It's hole. before the season starts, though, right? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. It has to be the day one. So October 24th, mm-hmm. when the sun's officially tip. Okay. I will be $300 richer. Okay. Three. I, oh, oh I yeah. There were Somebody three. else jumped into the two. fucking fray too, and they were like, "I want in oh. on that." I'm like, "Oh, this is easy money." Fancy. I love. <laughs> I love free money. Mm-hmm. Connor, if you keep saying that in the chat, I will have you banned. Just. So <laughs> you know. All right, guys. Uh, the reason why we are just we're getting closer and closer is because we're getting more and more of the information around what the schedule for the Phoenix Suns is going to look like. Uh, We officially got the entire Suns preseason schedule today. So they are going to be playing uh, the very first game of the season, their preseason game, Sunday, October 8th, against the Detroit Pistons. Are Mm -hmm. you guys surprised that the Pistons are who we are opening preseason against here? The NBA loves drama. Well, the the Suns actually make their own preseason schedule, which makes it funnier to me. Uh, They kind of negotiate around or at least that's how it used to work which makes it even funnier to me that they went how can we make it awkward for monty hey (laughs) we're here monty how are you man i'm sure a lot of this had to do with matt ishbia just going i don't want to have to travel for game preseason game number one can we do it close to the home there you go yeah he doesn't have to leave um i'm cool with it like nip some of that stuff in the bud right off the bat (laughs) Get it out the way. I'm sure the guys will be happy to see Monty and vice versa. And 
it's preseason. So again, I'm not going to get too excited about this first meeting between Monty and the Suns. Well, I mean, Gerald, the Detroit Pistons suck too. Gerald, like, so. Gerald said the guys, there's only like five of them. But I mean, are there true. even five? That's true. It's DA, Book. Ish. Well, you I know mean, one DA, of them is going to be. A little Monty, bit of KD-ish, Wainwright. Saban Lee. Saban Lee. Okay, so five technically, oh, but I feel like Kobe. four and a half. Oh, Kobe. Kobe. Yeah. Okay, five and a half. Then. See? It's like a third of the roster. <laughs> wow. Look at that. And then, of course, after that, they at these ones we all were able to piece together through other teams announcing their preseason games. We'll share them again. Uh, Tuesday, October 10th against the Denver Nuggets here in Phoenix. Thursday, October 12th against the Portland Trailblazers in Portland. Then they both come back to Phoenix and play again October 16th. And then they round out on Thursday, October 19th against the Lakers. But this is in Palm Desert. Mm-hmm. So a neutral location. Hey, I'm down for a roadie to Palm Springs if anybody wants to go. It's Palm Desert, though. It's not even Palm Springs, right? It's like all are in they the close same, enough it's like all in the same area. I truthfully don't know. How do you get to sit there and be like, well, it's Palm Desert? Well, and then not really understand where the location of the Palm Desert is. Well, you said Palm Springs. It's, it's not in Palm it's, Springs. It's, it's, like, it's, in Palm it's, like, it's like Tempe's relation to Phoenix. Okay. Still. Woo. <laughs> like... Why do we need all these preseason oh, but games? I'm the negative name. No, I'm just, why do we need so many preseason games? Give me three, Espo. knock it out, and give me the damn regular Espo. season. Espo, listen, I listen. I love you to death, but if you start questioning why people are doing things, then we won't have a platform. Okay, that's also fair. Well, <laughs> we so talk sad. about the Suns five days a week, even when there's nothing going on. In why are, people would probably say, "Why are they doing that?" Because we love it. Because it's hoops. Yeah, it's but fucking give us balls. Hoops. But Let's give go. me regular season hoops sooner. <laughs> like that's that's all I'm asking for. Just I mean, if they did get rid of like a couple of preseason I games, they mad. could stretch the schedule out a little bit more and get rid of some back to backs. Yeah. but. Yeah. Whatever. And I, I bet you know. 20 bucks if you asked all the players, they would be like, yeah, I'll take two or three pre- preseason games yeah. to have one or two fewer back-to-backs than five preseason games and one or two additional True. back-to-backs. I'm sure there's some like scientific or health-based ramp-up process involved with deciding how many preseason games they do, but... Gerald's cute. Wow. I, Gerald's cute. It's Sorry, about Gerald. the bloody money. Sorry, right? it, it's money. Oh, I mean, the preseason can't be raking in that much money. They're not raking no. in that not, much money. Not raking it in, but still cash, all right? And when yeah. you have owners like the previous guy, any uh, six-figure cash you're bringing in was a good thing. Yeah. So, well, well, there is one additional positive to all these preseason games, and that is that they will be broadcast locally over the air on Arizona's family and stream on Kiswe, which um, that's the new partnership the Suns have created for games in the 2023-24 season. Um, and this is not often that we get to watch preseason games on TV at all. Usually we're lucky if one of them is broadcasted and it's usually from the opponent, yeah. not from our own in-house, but not just because that wasn't an option given to us back then, you no, know, I, so we get to watch all five if we want. I used to have to tweet preseason games by listening to the radio <laughs> and tweet. You know how tough it is to tweet something you're not seeing? Oh, like, yeah. Not all that easy. <laughs> what an athletic play there, I think. <laughs> something uh, happened with him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Curious Sutofa. Mm-hmm. I think I said that right. 
uh, in the chat said, Saul, will you guys still be doing watch alongs every now and then next season? We will. Mm -hmm. We will. Uh, We do plan on doing some watch alongs for some key games and uh, we will also resume takeovers. So there you go. Yeah, they're going to be a blast. And also, I mean, just throwing this out there, but diehards get first dibs. We do have a super chat from Manuel said it was my B-Day yesterday and I got three presents. All right. Katie, Beal, and the PHNX squad. Hashtag 31. Happy birthday, Manny. Happy birthday. Your Sean Marion year. There we go. How exciting. Hold on. He got us as one of his gifts? Yeah. That's a good gift. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know where to go from here. You made that so awkward. I know. I feel so uncomfortable now. I I'm like, too. wait, what? Now <laughs> I'm just like, dang, sorry, Manny. Didn't mean to make your birthday about us. <laughs> Oh, it is about us. Don't you worry. <laughs> but where is it streaming again? People are asking. Kiswe. Kiswe. All right. K-I-S-W-E. Yeah. They're, or they, if you're local, Arizona's family, you just get an antenna and watch it. They have not announced the cost of uh, the streaming platform yet. We're still waiting on that. But yeah. that's where it'll be. But it'll be here sooner rather than later. I mean, they got to tell us before the preseason starts, right? Yeah. You would think. You would hope. Yeah. <laughs> Unless maybe they're doing us a solid and they're like, listen, you can watch preseason for free just so you get an idea of what you're buying into here. Uh, it's kind of like your free trial. Yeah, you'll give them a little taste before you got to charge them. Yeah. I like Why not? Uh, Connor, I did not see what was said on Twitter today. So you can just DM me the link maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I assume somebody talked about this whole money situation. So. Oh, I'm sure. Well, we're not going to dive down a James Harden rabbit hole today. We're going to hold off on that one just for a little bit. Um, But we are going to talk a lot about the Suns. But, Saul, you were talking about uh, takeovers and watch parties. The BetMGM Sportsbook at State Farm Stadium will likely be some of the places that are one of the places that we will host some of those. I know there's already stuff in the works for Cardinals season if you are also a Cardinals football fan. Make sure you're not missing out on all the action and get signed up for the BetMGM Sportsbook app. It's super easy. You can sign up using that bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you place your first bet offer and receive up to 1000 back in bonus bets if it loses. You can check out the show notes for full details. And now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. one 9810023 Puerto Rico in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. Also, if you get signed up for the BetMGM Sportsbook app before this weekend, make sure you log in this weekend because they're giving out a bonus bet on the house. All you have to do is log in to claim it, so it's super easy. Uh, also, our friends over at OGs have some great products. We're talking about scratch-made THC gummies. And they've got delightful flavors. They've got fruit flavors like red apple, peach, and watermelon. They've got cream flavors like blackberries and cream, orange cream, sickle, and peaches and cream. And we here at PHNX and OGs, we're cooking up something really fun. So 
make sure you guys stay tuned because we've got something very exclusive coming to you on the 17th. So be sure to tune in for more information. But we highly recommend you check out OG's online at OG'sBrands.com and on Instagram at OG's Brands. Listen, if you're not in the know, just say it. Like, it's fine. We do? It's so we secret. do. We did tell the GF. That's right. <laughs> Surprise. Max. But I'm in on it. Oh, man. Anyway, you hell? can also find their products at your local dispensary, but you must be 21 years or older to purchase. Would you guys like me to tell you where this was information was dropped? Oh, I know. Sure. Where was that? In our Slack channel. Yeah. Which, the Suns one? No. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, not the Suns one. Yeah. They knew you guys. They just didn't read their emails. So, that's all. So I just, I just saw <laughs> the, uh, the Mario Brothers movie, mm-hmm. and I feel like anytime we read that one flavor, it should be peaches, 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 <laughs> and cream. <laughs> I'm okay if you want to try and sing it. I don't know if they're... What's your favorite? <laughs> Um, I liked the peaches and cream. That flavor was bomb. What was the the aqua berry one was good too. When the we went aqua, over to one? when we went over to hang out with um, uh, the, OG's the OGs people, people up north. Huh? Yeah, it was fun. I liked the aqua berry flavor. It was delightful. Hmm. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Devin Booker because KG had a lot of interesting things to say about why he thinks this is Book's team. So let's listen. I don't think the responsibility is on KD. I think this is Booker's team. You think this is Booker's this team This is now. definitely Booker's team. Hell yeah. He, this is Booker's team, and this is everybody in the cast coming to support him, man, straight up. Straight up. Man, listen, I, 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 don't, I didn't think it was fair to put that pressure on KD like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was a bunch to carry. I think he's used to it so by now. So this is not, so you saying this is Booker's squad this now? This is Booker's team. No, I'm, I've been saying it, yeah. This is not KD. No, fuck no. Ooh. No, but I mean, so down the stretch, you going to it's Booker's getting the first look. Absolutely, <laughs> over KD. Yeah, damn. I'm younger. Yeah, it's my team. I ain't tripping. KD ain't tripping. Guess what? They double Booker. You gonna leave KD? You ain't leaving no KD. KD want that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I love KG. I love KG. Hey, he doesn't back down. And yes, Paul Pierce kind of had a little goofy going on. I did. I didn't. He kind of came with that, almost that, like, really? Like, mm-hmm. really? Kind of vibe He wasn't bought in completely. Yeah, and I'm like, bro, if you don't know, you haven't been watching. If you watch the Suns, hell, you just have to go back to this last playoff run. Like, Devin Booker was efficient as hell. He was clearly the second best player in that Nuggets series. You got to give it to Jokic, obviously. Mm-hmm. But he was the second best player on that series and the most efficient uh, run in NBA history in terms of, like, playoff efficiency like from a guard like get the hell out of here if you don't know by now you're never going to acknowledge booker's excellence you just will never do that kd kg uh, kd is awesome he's amazing but i agree with kevin garnett like devin booker is the first option it is his team everybody else is coming to his team booker didn't leave to go join them they came here to join him for a reason devin booker's that dude yeah, I, I think it's his team. I think as far as like the last look stuff, that's I think that's the luxury of having three players that can all be that guy in the clutch. And I think it's going to come down to who's got the hot hand, who's got the favorable matchup. And in some situations, if Booker's got the ball, that's a good thing because they are going to have to double team a guy like that. And at that point, you've either got Beal or KD one pass away. Um, I, I do think last year, one of the complaints that we had about the Suns and the way they use KD was they played him off the ball a little too much. 
So I, I don't think it's as cut and dry as like this guy should have the ball at all times in late game situations, but like we have a real luxury to have three guys that are capable mm -hmm. of stepping up in those situations and hitting big shots. So it's it's a good thing. Well, I and I think I, I agree with KG, and I think what it comes down to is that defensively, you have to know where Devin Booker is at all times. You have to almost double team, especially the playoff run. You talk about that. That was an all-time heater. We have seen very rarely do we see something like that in the playoffs. So I would consider starting basically every final play or every crunch time play with a ball in Devin Booker's hands because you expect him to be a distributor this year too. So every option's on the table when Devin Booker has the ball. And that's the beautiful thing with this. It's not just that he's a one-trick pony and he's going to take a few dribbles and take that shot. He's a guy that can deliver with the pass. He can hit the three. He can hit mid-range. He can get to the hoop. He's the guy that has to have the ball. It, it, this is 100% uh, Devin Booker's team. And that's no disrespect to Kevin Durant. That's no disrespect to Bradley Beal. But you made the point, Saul. They came to him. Mm -hmm. It is his team. It has been his team for the last eight years. That doesn't change just because he welcomes another a great player into the fold, it's still his team. Well, and I don't think any of those guys, like whether you want to talk about Kevin Durant or Bradley Beal or whomever else ends up coming to the Suns at some point in time while Book is still here, is even asking that question. I don't even know if they're having those conversations or if it's just like, I know that Devin has created something really great in Phoenix and I want to be a part of it. I want to play alongside him. There is no like, this is going to be my team because I chose to come to Phoenix just because you have happened to build it up, but I'm here now and I'm the superstar. I don't think there's any of that even going on between them. I think they no. all just agree that the greater goal, the, the bigger goal is to win a championship and we're going to work together. We're mm -hmm. going to play selfless to an extent to make sure that it works. I, I, th I totally agree. I like, I don't, I don't see any, any one of these three individuals feeling like they have to stamp like I'm, 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 the, I'm, him. I'm him. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I don't, I just don't feel like that. Um, my point is more of just like, like Devin Booker is, is a great basketball player and Kevin Durant is a great basketball player as well. Um, but as the face of the franchise here in, in, in the city and something that I know KD acknowledges in terms of like, this is Booker's city, this is Booker's town. Like, mm -hmm. this is like, I came to join you and be a part of all this. Beal said it in this press conference. These players acknowledge like, where where a certain player is in the status of his own um, team, um, and and I think at at a point in your career you understand like the magnitude of that, and so I don't think that these players, I don't think KD would ever try to steal any limelight away from Devin Booker. I think more Beal and and KD would encourage it to be focused more towards Booker because he's been here so long and he deserves that. If they win a championship. These guys are going to point to Devin Booker at, at like the post game, whatever. They're going to talk, point to Devin Booker and be like, that dude deserved this. Like he's the one that that helped recruit us all. He's the one that got us uh, to to really be a, a team and and really work hard every single day. Like he's he is him. Um, and Chris Paul aided in that. But I just don't think people across the league really understand what Devin Booker means in the, the grand scheme of things in the NBA. And if you talk to players, which we've heard multiple times in this offseason, 
the players know. He's your favorite the player's players, favorite player. Yes. Like we've been saying that yes. for years, but it's true. Like so many guys around the NBA constantly give Book his flowers, but there's still hesitation from others to give him yep. his flowers. I think KG said it well later in, in, in this podcast where he talks about, you know, a guy like KD welcomes this, you know, and to, to a lesser extent, a guy like Bradley Beal welcomes this. They had to carry the damn load so much in their career mm -hmm. that now they don't have to be that guy, right? They can allow, you know, they can allow Devin Booker to take a lot of that weight and set them up for good shots, set them up for, for opportunities. They don't, I think being the man sometimes it's is overrated, overrated yep. because when you're the man in bad situations, it means you have to do everything. And, you know, Katie is, has been to a lesser extent in his career, but Bradley Beal knows that experience. Even Devin Booker, to a certain extent, you know, not to his, he, he understands that. So I think this is a group that together goes, none of us have to be the man. We have to, we have to work together and be that team. And if we're that, who gives a shit about the rest of that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward to this upcoming season because they'll have had a full off season, not with Beal, obviously, but a full off season, full training camp. Like we only got a taste of what KD and Booker can be together. And now they're adding Bradley Beal to that. And they're going to have a full season to experiment with what works, try different lineups, try different sets, put guys in different spots. Like it's going to be really fun to watch them work that out in real time. And hopefully come playoff time, we'll see an even heightened version of what we saw from booking the playoffs and from Durant, obviously. Yeah, Tashi in the chat said, KD doesn't come off egotistical to me. He just wants to hoop. And I don't know. I mean, like, I haven't been around Kevin Durant that much. Gerald, you've had the most interaction with him mm -hmm. of all of us. But I get the same vibes. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think there is a certain level of ego that comes with being a professional athlete and one of the best within your sport. Mm -hmm. But it, it does. I don't think it's what drives him, if that makes sense. Right. Like, his ego is not what's dictating his moves or his emotions he no. is he moves based on what's best for everyone around him and his team yeah. and his career as a whole right so i just i feel like it works I'll, I'll when you have guys who are willing to buy in it works yeah i'll, I'll never like i said i'll never forget um <laughs> that clip uh, of steph curry talking about how KD's the most misunderstood player in the nba mm -hmm. um i players want to play with kevin durant for a reason Kevin Durant has major pull across the league for a reason. It's because he's a genuinely good dude that loves ball and acknowledges um, a, a lot of the things that go on. Like, for instance, like last week, I put in our chat uh, a, a clip from uh, former U of A Wildcat, Gabe York, who has bounced around the league and played in the G League forever and stuff like that. He got an opportunity with the Pacers, um, and, he, and he met KD, and he thought KD was going to tell him something like, yeah, I'm about to drop 50 on this rook. You know what I mean? Um, but instead, he was like, hey, man, I see you. I see your journey, man. Keep grinding. Uh, that, that's what it's all about. And, and Gabe York literally, like, almost teared up because he was like, that, like, meant the world to me because that's KD. Like, that's not mm – -hmm. like, he acknowledged that, like, my journey has not been easy to try and stick in this league. Um, and those are the small little things that tell you – way more about Kevin Durant than any response on Twitter could like how he is with these players and how he respects the game and how he respects the time and the effort uh, individuals put in to try and make it in the league or become great in the league. Like he respects it all. He's a hooper. He's a hoop head. He loves the game. And that 
is why this is a different situation than I think any any other one he's been in because he sees Booker in that same light. Like that's a dude that will do anything to try and win. And when you see that kind of guy, you want to try and reward him as much as possible because they deserve to be rewarded. Can I want to talk about one thing that came up in the, in the chat here. This concept that Kevin Durant had a had a bad series against Denver. Mm. Have we rewritten history a little bit on this? Like, sure, he wasn't Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, but I don't think his playoff run was as bad as some people want to remember. At times, he wasn't efficient, as efficient mm-hmm. as expected, but Kevin Durant, for having been here nine games prior to this all starting... I don't think had that bad of a performance unless I'm unless I'm the one misremembering all this. I mean, we did complain about the efficiency. He so it, it's a mixed bag because like Espo's saying, he only had nine games to get his bearings on this whole new team. His teammates still put up 30, 10 and five in that series, um, but he shot 22 percent from three. It did feel like in a couple of games he was forcing it. And in all four of their losses, he shot a pretty bad percentage except for game one. So like he, he had a couple of good games in that series that kind of helped his numbers. I think he can be better. It wasn't, yeah. I don't, I would never say it was a bad series because the dude put up 30, 10 and five yeah. on a team he had just joined, but he can, we've all acknowledged that he could have done better. I think from a, from a num- numbers perspective, that's where the stats I feel like could fool you a little bit uh, from KD standards, uh, from a, a shooting efficiency standard, from a dynamic play uh, standard, uh, he wasn't up to his own level. I, mm. I would say that easily. Like he, you can't compare this run versus the last playoff run where he was absolutely insane against like the Bucks and stuff like that. Like, but you know that's going to happen from time to time. And yeah, the adjustment period, especially with a guy like Monty in the fold, like that's going to that's going to that's going to do something to you. So hopefully, with some some time to kind of recalibrate and, and get familiarized with this system. Uh, for more than just nine nine games and basically two months, mm-hmm. um, hopefully that'll pay off. I, I fully expect Kevin Durant to to be a twenty five ten kind of guy this year. Like he's going to be that dude. I think his stats will drop a little bit just because you have two phenomenal players surrounding you and Bradley Beal and Devin Booker. If those three can combine for seventy five points a night, you would live with that twenty four you know twenty four seven. And I think that's what they're going to get. Yeah, I just I feel like. You know, when you say, oh, he had a terrible series, like, not you, the chat like that. I mean, yeah, we have ex- increasingly high expectations of, of of Kevin Durant, excessively so, because if anybody else had averaged 29, you know, 30, 10, 5 assists, and 1.7 blocks in a series, you would never be saying that shit about him. Like, so let's not act like he was completely atrocious uh, in that series, not that you guys are again, mm. that the collective, uh, that, that just seems a little short. I, I don't, he I can don't. be better. He can be more efficient. I yeah. think it's just people have higher expectations for a guy like Kevin Duran. Mm. I don't think that's unfair either. Like there's a reason why he is where he is in terms of like the totem pole of NBA players, because we know what he's capable of. So no, it wasn't a atrocious series, but by his own standards that he has set, sure, you could do a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And that's I, all. Yeah. That's all it is. So I don't Fair know. Enough. I think it's I think you I think it's just a matter of like 
how you use your words to describe it, right? If you say like, hey, it wasn't a bad series, but he can do better, that's fair. But yeah. if you go as far as to be like, oh, it was an atrocious series and Kevin Durant sucked, well, I mean, maybe not so much. <laughs> no. It's somewhere you know? in the middle. Yeah, exactly. Happy medium. I, I, I would say this. KD is, uh, again, like, he has always been this target for criticism no matter what. Like, and uh, fair or not, and most of the time it's not, uh, he still performs at such a high level. And I don't think people can comprehend um, how how an individual can obviously be on social media as much as he is and see some of the vitriol that comes his way and still shake it off and not really care and continue to play at a high level. Like that's a, that's a phenomenal mindset. And I don't know how he does it. Uh, he does it. He's one of the best in the game for a reason. He does this despite what people say. So mm -hmm. do you guys ever, do you think we'll ever, cause when you were saying that KD sometimes just has haters for no reason, my initial thought was like, yeah, him and book mm -hmm. very similar in that mm -hmm. vein. Mm -hmm. Do you ever think that at some point in time in books career, he'll be online like KD is? No. I don't or do think you think so. he's just two totally different personalities when it comes to that side of things? He'd, be, he'd more likely be playing Call of Duty talking some shit than he would be on Twitter. Wouldn't it be great if like three, four years from now we get the same online access to book that we do, KD? <laughs> I would love – I'm sorry. No, no, I, go ahead. I would love for book to be on one of these shows. I would love for him to be on like KG's podcast or or one of those like highly visible like uh, on LeBron's The Shop or something like mm -hmm. that. So you can kind of see like what Devin Booker really thinks, because if you've ever been around Devin Booker, um, you know, Gerald can attest to this. He's there's just this fucking aura about this guy. Mm -hmm. I don't understand it. I don't get it. He's like one of the first like one of like three or four people I've ever met in my life. And I'm like. Is that a fucking halo around you? Like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, he's just that dude. And you can tell. And for a young man like that to really be in control of really his emotions and 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 how he carries himself on a day-to-day -day basis, it's really remarkable. And I don't think people really understand. They, they see the basketball stuff. And listen, every, every basketball player has an alter ego on the court. Like, there's just a different person. I'm sorry. Like, you're not going to get the same... Devin Booker on the court, off the court. It's two different people. What was like, yours? In my, uh, I was, I was a dick. Um, so like, like, it, it, but just Nobody's the way say it. it's just the way, just the way. <laughs> nope. Just the way. trying to keep my job. <laughs> just, the, just the way. What are you guys insinuating? <laughs> you know exactly what he's insinuating. I'm literally not wrong. I mean, I'm on an island. I don't even know where I was going with that conversation. Don't love me with him, man. I like working to bring us back on track. Is that I could see book being more vocal after he wins a championship. I don't like this show anymore. <laughs> like, I, I don't think we'll ever get that side of book on any sort of a podcast or show until he wins a championship. So I think once, if he does win a championship, I think then all questions kind of go out the door because there's nothing you can hang your hat on anymore. I, I think with book, part of the allure is that he is so like mysterious in a way and unavailable, like, if he was constantly in front of a camera or doing appearances or stuff like that, like some of that aura, like you were talking about, wouldn't be as strong, I feel like. Not because he's not interesting or he wouldn't have cool stuff to say, but I feel like Book knows how to like give us just the right amount of like, oh, he loves cars or like, oh, he said this about somebody that criticized him or mm -hmm. um, or, oh, he posted this on Instagram in response to something that someone said like. 
all that type of stuff. He gives us just enough to like last until the next social media interaction. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with a guy being unavailable and, and keeping things close to the chest because it honestly does make him more interesting that way. That was, I mean, but that was kind of the, and I, I don't like the comparison all the time, but I think he does fo- follow a Kobe Bryant mindset. And that very much was Kobe, which to me says the chapter after basketball is where we'll see Book's real personality come out. Uh, obviously, unfortunately, cut short with what we got to see with Kobe, but I feel like he had a lot more to say when his career was over on a lot of subjects, and I think we'll get that. I think that's when we'll get Book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, but I agree. I think we've got a few years before we start getting any of his real thoughts and opinions mm-hmm. or feelings about some things. Mm-hmm. But I think based on the little bits of drama that we have had so far throughout his career, there's probably a lot of really good stories there that oh, I'm sure if he decides to start his own podcast or share them on whatever way, mm. uh, he's going to have a lot of people pre-ordering whatever that thing is. He doesn't oh, yeah. seem like the type of person that would do his own podcast. Not his own, no. but he, I could see him going on uh, like a series of podcasts mm. or like doing something that's more in depth. Yeah. Yeah, I, you I know, could see him doing something like if that. If they win a title, I could see him making like the late night talk show round or something, rounds or something, you know, like a, a Kimmel right. or something. And maybe we get a glimpse of that where he kind of lets down the wall a little bit. But I don't think we're going to get a lot until it'll be the big while. time stuff like yeah. the national yeah. television yeah. type yeah, stuff. Yeah. He knows he'll what he's doing. So, you, so you're saying he won't be on PHNX Suns? We can, we can hope. <laughs> <laughs> We did get a super chat from Psycho Blue. Thank you, Psycho Blue. Sent us $10 and said, Nick Nurse could have been coaching book KD BLDA, but instead he gets the latest chapter of Harden versus Moore. Mm. Well done, Nicholas. Well done. They they are in triage, so at least they've got a nurse. So. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I mean, that's the only response that I feel like is acceptable at this point because... I don't I don't even want to open that no. door. I really don't. <laughs> Not yet. Nah. I think we maybe get a little bit more information. We can open that door. But for now, I think we might just need to keep that one closed. Um, but where you could go is Circle K. Circle K has the best coffee, beer, and snack selection. And they also have premium gas. Um, I saw so you finally hit the Circle K TVs. You're finally in rotation on the television, Saul. Congratulations. Boo, uh, <laughs> I haven't gotten on yet. Espo, are you still not on? No. Gerald, did you do it? The two days that you guys recorded those, I had son's availability, so oh. I am not going to be on them. Well, we need to get <laughs> Gerald in there. I legit will leave the gas thing in a little just longer to just to see who I'm going to get <laughs> on there out of curiosity. I'm, You're I, the guy holding up the like line of cars at the oh yeah. Circle K. Tracy and I up. were driving to Vegas and I put it put it in. I'm sitting there and I'm watching the screen. She goes, are you going to actually start pumping the gas? I had done that thing where you like squeeze it and it doesn't start running. And I was just sitting there watching to see who would come <laughs> oh up. Gosh. No gas going in the car. So. Oh, uh, Emma told me this today when I came in that she got me on Saturday when she was filling up. And it ruined her whole day. (laughs) She was like, I'm supposed to be off and away from all of you guys. And the one day that I'm just trying to have some peace, you have to show up on my gas station television. That's tough. Sorry, Emma. My bad. Anyway, make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff the Circle K has to offer. Right now, if you text PHNX to 3131 to join 
their SMS subscriber, sorry, that's 31310 mm -hmm. to join their SMS subscriber club. You're going to get a buy one, get one free offer on 32 ounce Polar Pops. Also, I don't know about you guys, but it seems like, so there's two waves of health. I feel like throughout the year, obviously the beginning of the year and then like the back to school summer's over. Let's kind of start getting back into a routine of things. And if you are trying to start a new health journey, Factor Meals meal kits are one of the best ways to go about it. Factor is America's number one ready to eat meal kit. You get to skip the extra grocery store trips. You get to skip the chopping, the prepping, the cleaning up, all the things. Factor, it's never frozen. It's always fresh meals. They're ready in just two minutes. And they also have smoothies, which are really, really good. Mm -hmm. Like I am always like, I don't know, healthy smoothies aren't exactly my go-to. <laughs> like I'm not yes. going to reach for them. Mm -hmm. But I actually really enjoyed Factors. They tasted good and they didn't have any weird like consistency or aftertaste that sometimes I think you get with um, like really healthy smoothies is lindy confusing milkshakes for smooth i don't like the healthy ones i like the ones with the ice cream the stuff i was like i don't know if i've ever had a smoothie that was not healthy i mean it's always had fruit and shit in it so do i have that wrong yeah There's you do know that like if you go to stores that have smoothies there's still like 1200 calories in them you guys don't know that don't but know. there's fruit in them <laughs> You're right, Gerald. You're right. You win. It said kale. I thought I was all right. You guys win, hundred percent. Anyway, where where, where 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 do you go to get your smoothies? I'm not trying to drop another name in the middle of an ad read. No, the 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 point is though, factors are better and yeah, they taste just as good. Exactly. Yeah, they are amazing. They're amazing. And they also have um, meals that work for a variety of lifestyles, whether it's keto, calorie smart, vegan, veggie or protein plus so head to factormeals.com slash phnx suns 50 and use code phnx suns 50 to get 50 percent off that's code phnx suns 50 at factormeals.com slash phnx suns 50 to get 50 percent off and be like us when you try the second time around to stick to your resolution to get back in shape I mean, I just think it's a normal kind of thing. Like you, you start the year off really strong, but then summer comes around. You get a little. It's hot as all get out outside. Like, I, of course, it's just a little more relaxed. I just never. I just did not know that that was a thing. Like you just taught me something. I was. Like, I feel oh, like really? it's a thing. Like going back to school is like I don't the know, maybe second I made phase. it up. I, I feel like when you start school again, that's just a routine thing for people. Like you get back into a routine. routine. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I gave up on January second, but I've recommitted <laughs> as of yesterday. Yesterday, so let's do this. You mean like with the health stuff or just yeah, like in yeah. general or what? In general, <laughs> I need I you just to went, Oh, you know, it felt so hopeful on January 1. But January 2, damn. Oh, on the health stuff. Bro. I love how quickly these ad reads go off the rail and like once a show we get Max to like pop out of his <laughs> yeah. den. What are you just like lurking yeah. behind the fridge, like ad read Batman. Well, was, like, what was, are they doing? I, was I love how you guys are trying to throw shade at me. I was, no, I was over the fact that you just didn't know what's in smoothies. I was questioning <laughs> the smoothie choices that you're making, Lindsay. And then, then Max pops his head out of the office. Is like, aren't you guys in the factory? <laughs> I mean, listen, we'll just take it from the chat. Eli said, fruit is full of sugar. In case you forgot. It's good sugar. Uh, Half-Life Heroes said, my wife got a smoothie. I took a sip. Couldn't believe how sweet it was. Looked it up. It had 105 grams of sugar in it. Isn't that normal? <laughs> you don't get a body like this without 105 grams of sugar per drink. 
I am so mad at all of you guys right now. I didn't do anything. uh, Let's talk about Bradley Beal. As we have over the last couple of weeks, we have taken a deep dive looking at the newcomers and re-signees of the Phoenix Suns. And we're going to round things out today by discussing Bradley Beal. Obviously, we are all so very excited for Bradley Beal to be on the Suns team. He is a guard. He is 30 years old. Uh, six foot four, his wingspan, a little light, comparatively speaking to some of the new guys on this squad at just six foot eight. Poor thing. Slacker. Slacking (laughs) a little bit here. What are you guys most looking forward to with Bradley Beal? What is the biggest strength that you think he brings to this Sun squad? I just think he's really going to be able to adjust, um, accordingly. I think he's going to be a tremendous teammate. I think he's got a lot of strengths in terms of, uh, playmaking, uh, that, are going to be exposed this season. I think he's going to he's going to do a lot of great things for this offense. I, I'm excited to see Bradley Beal um, work with Devin Booker and and Kevin Durant and obviously all the other dudes because I think he has the ability um, to be that facilitator, a la Devin Booker. Yeah, I can't wait to watch him break guys down off the dribble and and do that. I'm excited for that. Uh, I'm excited to watch him in late game situations. I know we said it's Book's team, but I think he's going to get some pretty good looks late in games just based on how do you guard all these guys and what he'll be able to do with those. Uh, I'm excited for that. Uh, and, you know, I was talking with uh, his former teammate. I'm just going to out him, Marcin Gortat, yeah. about <laughs> Thank it. You. Uh, and he said uh, that, you know, he's a very quiet guy. He doesn't say much. He's not that vocal leader but he's a good leader by leading with his professionalism uh, and sets that example. Uh, and he's obviously an incredible offensive player. I mean, Marchand doesn't have a uh, doesn't have a future in analysis with great offensive player, but everything else, pretty good insight there for Marchand. Yeah, uh, to your point about the clutch thing, um, I was kind of surprised when I was looking at the numbers. He shot 40 for 67 in the clutch, which is about just under 60%. That was the highest field goal percentage in the clutch among all players last year with at least 60 shot attempts in crunch time. Um, And he made the 10th most crunch time baskets in the NBA, which, you know, for a Wizards team that was only winning 35 games, wasn't in a ton of crunch time scenarios, is pretty dang good. So, and that was with him as the first option. Now he's going to be the third option. And so maybe he won't get the touches that he got in Washington in late game situations. But if he does, we know for a fact that he can cash in on those things. We know for a fact that like Booker, he can get to his spots in the mid range pretty easily. Uh, the one thing that stood out to me when I was writing my article over at GoPHNX about, you know, four things that he brings to the table is the off ball versatility is going to be huge because. A lot of people are focusing on, well, okay, does he have the playmaking to be point guard? Who's going to be the Suns point guard? And the thing for me is you can plug all three of these guys into all three different spots in an offensive set, and they're going to be able to function, especially Bradley Beal, because he's really good about cutting off the ball. Um, He's constantly moving on offense, not so much as a movement shooter, but he puts a ton of pressure on the rim. I think he was in the 98th percentile or something like that in drives per game, so he can do it off the bounce, and he can do it off the ball um he's really good at finishing around the rim too despite a lot of the looks being contested tough shots and you know last year the suns were 30th in their frequency of shots at the rim so they need a guy that can get downhill get to the free throw line attack the basket and beal really helps them in that regard i know a lot of the focus is on can he be a spot up three-point shooter can he run point can he do this can he do that but 
that rim pressure is going to be huge for this group and helping spread the floor too. Yeah. I mean, that was something that we did talk about a lot last year of just needing somebody who would be willing to do that and could do it well because campaign did that, mm -hmm. but his ability to finish wasn't exactly as high as you would have <laughs> liked it to be right. Where with Bradley Beal. You get a little bit of the best of both worlds with that one. Mm -hmm. So he brings that to the team. But Espo, to your point about former teammates um, having high praise for him, Gerald, you also talked with Jordan Goodwin, one of his former teammates, and he said that Bradley Beal can do anything. He's one of the best players in the game right now, so you're going to get everything. Three-level scorer, great leader, and he's hungry. He wants to win, and he's excited for this new situation. And I think the idea that like he wants to win is so underrated for Bradley Beal. I mean, he's been... It's got to be so hard to constantly give it your all. And I give him props because I feel like he has for a good majority of the time he was with Washington. But it's got to be so hard to be playing at such a high level every single night when you know at the end of the day you're really not playing for anything because you just don't have the supporting cast to help you get all the way there. And I think that is probably a reason why I'm not as concerned about some of the quote-unquote weaknesses that people are talking about, like defense, right? Mm -hmm. Is he just... Is he a good defender? Is he an average defender? Is he a liability? Like, I'm not as concerned about that because I feel like it's probably really hard to play solid defense night in and night out on a team like the Wizards over the last couple of years for him, especially when he was being asked to do so much offensively as well. Like, there's only mm -hmm. so much one guy can do. Yeah, and I think the the other thing, too, is you can wind up becoming a malcontent, having a bad attitude in that kind of situation. And everything I've heard, he didn't. And in fact, again, Marchin told me he's always a guy that'll reach out to a teammate when he needs it. And he very much can recognize when someone's not connected with the team or kind of on an island and bring them back in with the group and be that leader, which to mm -hmm. me screams this could be a DeAndre Ayton whisperer, too, mm -hmm. you know, at, at times the way KD kind of did that a little bit. This could be becoming a locker room that very much fosters. I understand you feel a certain way, but let's come back in. Let's let's recenter as a team and get this done together. And I like that aspect of it too. It's a lot of whispering going on for DA. <laughs> Some of it will be shouting, I'm guessing, but Chris Paul probably did a lot of the shouting in the past. So Yeah, I, I think in terms of just his locker room temperament and his on ball, off ball versatility, the Suns would have been hard pressed to find a non point guard guy that they could plug in with those two and could fit just as well on and off the court. Like, I think he's going to be really good, and I think he's due to remind the world that, like, how good Bradley Beal actually is because I know for a fact, like, my opinion of Bradley Beal over the last few years, he's kind of faded from the spotlight from those couple of seasons. He had to average 30 points a game for two seasons to get people to notice him and, like, vote for him to be in the All-Star game. And I know over the last two seasons, he's kind of faded from the spotlight a little bit just because the Wizards aren't good. Uh, we've seen that happen plenty with Book in the past. We've seen what happens when you go from a terrible team defensively for Book to a better team, how much he improved on that end of the floor. I think we're going to see a similar kind of resurgence from Beal, even if he's not averaging you know, 30 points a game or whatever. Yeah, but he doesn't have to average 30 points a game here anymore. No, he does not. Just like we mentioned <laughs> with KD earlier. Uh, but Espo, you were able to sit down with Tass Meles from No Dunks Podcast, and he had some thoughts on Bradley Beal with the Suns too. Yeah, you just said that uh, it was done this offseason. It feels like it's forever ago that that happened. And also, it feels like forever ago because it feels like he's already part of the team. Like, I, I do think he's going to integrate really, really well. I don't think there's any worry about 
air quotes, one ball or whatever the hell that means. Uh, I, I don't think that's a problem. I think he'll fit in fine. There's worries, people doing the math. Oh, he missed this many games. Uh, he's played in the league a long time, and uh, this is his opportunity to play with the best players he's ever played with uh, and to to turn it up to a different degree. And so I'm not worried about him not playing, and I'm not worried about the one ball thing. I think there's other worries uh, on the roster, but as far as that part goes, not worried about who the point guard is. Um, it's, he's just a talented guy that's been sort of in – He's playing in Washington where uh, there hasn't been a lot of spotlight. And uh, I, I think he's going to fit in absolutely great, especially not having to do as much uh, as he's had to do. And uh, we'll have more from that interview later on in the week. So you guys are just going to have to come back to the rest of what us will talk to him about. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun and good. So you'll want to see it. Love but Cass. At How the end that of the day, was <laughs> that was great. Good job, <laughs> Esau. You get a gold star. Uh, at the end of the day, I know I went back this weekend and was watching a lot of the reaction when this announcement first came that Bradley Beal was going to be joining the Suns. And I'm not going to lie. A lot of it was kind of negative. Like, yeah. I don't know if I remembered or just have come to terms or have become more excited with the way that the rest of the roster has filled out. And granted, at that time, there were a lot of questions about the way the rest of the roster would fill out. Mm. But I feel like it kind of got a little bit the overarching theme right after this was announced that Bradley Beal was coming to the Suns was, how is that going to work? Is mm. this actually good? What is the rest of the roster? Yeah. Super teams don't work anymore. Yada, yada, yada. And I feel like the narrative is even has these men shifted beyond just local fans of the team think that more national outlets are starting to come around to the idea of what this big three could be. Yeah. After they, you know, got out of their own fields because their team didn't get Bradley Beal. Um, <laughs> Cause that's what it is. Everybody's just salty that we got Bradley Beal and they didn't cause he didn't want to go to your shitty teams. Um, <laughs> so a- after they got past that and actually, you know, new ball, they understood like Bradley Beal is not, he's not going to just chuck and duck. Like he's a, he's a good basketball player along with Devin Booker, who's also a good basketball player and well-rounded basketball players. Bradley Beal might need to improve a little bit on his defense. I will give you that. But outside of that, like you got three legitimate basketball players that are just want to win for the team. And they'll do whatever they need to do to sacrifice whatever they need to sacrifice to make sure that that happens. And once people kind of realize that and kind of analyze how this could possibly work, it's, it was really no different than KD going to the Warriors when they had Steph and, and Clay. Like mm-hmm. those are two phenomenal scores that he was joining um, and they had to try and make it work. And guess what? They did. And I think this is a, a, just another example of that um, with, with, with these three. So I, I'm, I'm surprised that everybody had such an adverse reaction to it. Um, I didn't think it was great from a, from a money standpoint, but right. I certainly wasn't against it from a player to player standpoint. I think that it was, it's, this is going to be phenomenal. I think a lot of people, are going to eat crow because they're going to realize how amazing this team is going to be. And it ain't our money. Yeah. So the biggest thing, though, still is the the thought of the no true point guard. I still get that from coaches I talk to that that have coached around the are league. They 80? This team, no, they're <laughs> actually younger guys, which has surprised me a lot because you think this idea of positionless basketball is this is this younger game, but like I've gotten paragraphs and paragraphs from from coaches like I don't see how this works there's no true point guard it's not going to work but when you really dive into things with Bradley Beal and what he's able to do 
and I so and you cover this stuff great in the article, Gerald, is this guy combined with what Book can do, you have two primary ball handlers on this roster, two guys that can can serve that same function. And I, I feel like the the concern with point guards is well in those final seconds, in those final minutes, can they calm down? You've got Katie, you've got Book, and you've got Bradley Beal. If those three guys aren't already calm in those situations, you could have fooled me. And then those guys can can have that impact on the other two mm-hmm. on the court. I'm not worried about that. But this is, I think that's the one thing that's still a sticking point for people now that the dust has settled. The the price of of the transaction made a hell of a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you gave up CP3 and Landry Shamit, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know adding adding a third star to this roster when they all struggled, uh, or when they struggled with having a third option last year. It makes sense. But the point guard thing, people, some people can't seem to get past. They, they get a little fixated on it, and to a certain degree, I understand because you are. This is a drastic departure from what we've had the last two years in terms of a floor general who controls the tempo of the game, unlike pretty much almost anybody else in NBA history outside of like Magic and Isaiah Thomas in terms of the way that they manage the game. And now you're going from that to not really having a traditional point guard. Um, but I do think they have the complementary playmaking and the interchangeability to make up for that. Um, they obviously have a lot better shooters around them this year. Like I said, they've addressed a lot of areas of weakness with that bench compared to last year. And, you know, Beal is not like this flashy playmaker or pick and roll guy, but he's good enough to get the job done. Point book, I think people are still sleeping on how good he is as a playmaker. It will take an adjustment process. There will need to be growth from both of them to be able to manage more of that primary playmaking mode without a real, like, true, pure point guard. But I think they have enough to handle it. And it, it is. it was interesting to see some people say that the Suns got worse with this <laughs> trade or things like that. And I just... I, I don't see that at all. I, I feel like they're a lot more dangerous offensively. The biggest question is whether defensively they can hold up. And I think under Vogel... They have a good chance of doing that. I mean, Connor Brum, I think, has just hit the nail on the head. We're going to be playing total basketball this season. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, total basketball. Mm-hmm. You mean With the Vogelini. triangle offense? Yeah. <laughs> no, total <laughs> basketball. That's all you need to know. Yeah. We also got a super chat from Psycho Blue. Thank you, Psycho Blue. Said, barring the injury stuff that every other West team has to worry about, a lot of the criticism for the Sun so far is a desperate cope. And many, and may basketball Cthulhu be free at last <laughs> so that the basketball world can never, all caps, be the same again. Is this one of those things where if the Suns win a title, it's such a copycat league that all of a sudden nobody's going to have a, a true point guard? Everybody's just going to be like, we're amassing two really good scoring guards. I mean, not. I mean, a true point guard uh, can always find a way, right? Like, it's not like the death of the big man, so to speak, yeah, where, where they kind of, you know, because the whole concept is spacing and flooring and, and point guards will always play a role in that. Um, but I do think like your traditional, you know, kind of one trick pony type of point guard that, that I think is starting to go away. Cause you got to do a lot of different things. Uh, TJ McConnell, for instance, a uh, good facilitator, uh, but he had the only reason why he he made it in this league is because he's a nuisance on defense as well. Like those two things combined made him an elite player because he's not the greatest shooter in the world, right? You need to have multiple skill sets to be able to play 
Um, whereas back in the day, you might not have had to be the greatest shooter in the world because you could be a great facilitator and get away with it. It's not like that anymore. You've got to be able to shoot from the outside if you're a guard, point blank. Or you got to be able to do two of the other three things um, to go along with it. So I, I don't think it's really the death of the point guard, but we're probably not going to see your quote-unquote traditional point guard as much as you saw in the past. All right, two things. If you would like to dive even deeper into Bradley Beal and the expectation or questions around what he will bring to the Suns, Gerald did write a fantastic article at gophnx.com. It's Beely, Beely good. Lord. <laughs> and while you're there, you can also become a diehard. I know I touched on it off the top of the show, but being a diehard gets you a ton of great perks. Uh, first and foremost, when you sign up, you get a t-shirt or hat of your choice for absolutely free. So that's nice right when you sign up. But then, as Saul mentioned... We are going to have takeovers. We're going to have events. And being a diehard gets you first dibs on all of that. Also, uh, Shady Rays, listen, they work really well for throwing shade, but they also work really well for blocking out the haters. Make sure you get yourself <laughs> do you, do you a wish pair you wore those today? of Shady Rays <laughs> before this up upcoming sun season begins. So we can block out all the haters just like DeAndre Ayton did. Uh, but before we get into that, exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Shout out to Jay in, in the chat. He says, Saul woke up and decided to speak facts. And that uh, that point guard thing was, uh, was fantastic because I hadn't really thought of it that way, but I appreciated that opinion. Uh, thank you. Uh, I'm sorry. I was distracted by the other comment that was right below. It says, Saul looks like Pablo Escobar right now. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Damn. I hope it's the philanthropic uh, Pablo and not the cocaine selling Pablo. I feel, I, I, I feel bad because that was, I was trying to be genuine to throw you that and then HM just decides to just bring the bus along. Yeah. Too. Somebody else at the beginning of the show said I look like something else and I was just like, I love that cool. shirt. Yeah, awesome. I like the shirt. I love the shirt too, but just put on your shady rays. Block out the it's haters. It's probably because I need a haircut. I am really looking scruffy right now. So <laughs> DA is trying to block out the haters and embracing all of the hate. He mm -hmm. posted on Instagram this weekend with the caption said, love the hate with a heart emoji and pictures of him working out in the gym. And I know a lot of people are seeing this and hoping that it's a positive thing, hoping that the narrative is going to be changed or changing this upcoming season. I mean, he looks he looks really good in these pictures. He looks like he's super lean. He does look very lean. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to watching him play with Team Bahamas. They actually play tonight. Him and Eric Gordon. Um, so that'll be fun to you know see these two sons teammates build some chemistry together. See Da play on an international stage. Um, it's kind of all we've got right now in August, obviously. <laughs> but I know a lot of us are also kind of eager to see how DA plays because of all this other stuff that's been going on, all of the rumors, trade rumors, you know, public oh, criticism, everything that he's had to hear for the last couple months. Um, and that's not to say if he doesn't come out and ball out that there's something wrong with him, but I am, I'm kind of excited to watch him play basketball again. Yeah, me too. And I love, love, love the fact that this team is embracing this mentality of F the haters. Like, mm. we don't care. You can hate us all you want. You can hate us because you ain't us, but we're <laughs> going to go about our business. And I, 
I love that attitude because Suns teams traditionally have been, oh, they're the feel good. They're the mm-hmm. nice guys. This is that. No, I want a bunch of badasses that are going to go out there, rep my city and say, I don't give a fuck what you think. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's how fired I'm, I'm going all in. I'm not couching the language. That's how excited I am to watch these guys not care about what you think and bring it to the court that way too. Don't care what the refs think. I don't care what you're going to jot me, and I don't care what that crowd's doing. We're here for one job and one job only, and we're going to do it. Yeah, we're not here for, quote-unquote, family-friendly organization. You know no. what I mean? Like, Which I think has just been an Arizona thing for a really long time. Like, Nobody has ever wanted to really embrace that we can be the villains, we can yeah. be the hated guys in the league, no. and that's okay. It's always been, and I'm not saying this is player specific, but just as a whole, it's always had a very mm-hmm. quote unquote family friendly like vibe to all of our sports teams. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, like, <clears throat> yes, as in the sense of like, let's keep things civil in the stands so kids can come and enjoy. But as far as what happens during on the court or on the field or wherever we're playing sports, like I want you to go out there and I want you to play with grit. I want okay. you to talk your talk and not give a you know what about what's going on around you. Like, if you want to talk shit, talk shit constantly. Just do it. I want people to know when they play a Suns team, they're leaving. It's going to be tough. They're going to leave a little bit worse than they came in because it's going to be that difficult. Like, we we came to two two bubblegum and kick ass, and we're out of bubblegum, so you better watch (laughs) out kind of shit, you know? Going back to the family-friendly, like, oh, the old thing. No, We're here to kick your ass. I get what you're saying. I don't think they've had that identity for a few years now though like the year that they won 64 games they were doing exactly what you're talking about like jay crowder javel mcgee with the pregame stuff they rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because of the post-workouts the post-workouts like it <laughs> was work. it was everything yeah, yeah but i feel like we kind of took a step back from that last year so now i'm ready to take two steps forward yeah is but, what I mean. but, but to the point that you were making Lindsay, like you're right like growing up here like a lot of fans did not want the controversial fan. Charles Barkley broke that mold. He mm-hmm. was the first one in the Valley to break that mold and be like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Like I'm going to play the way I want to play. But he was so good that people were like, cool, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But then after that, like it, it, for a long period of time, they wanted their superstars uh, to play well on the field, but don't be controversial, mm-hmm. you know, controversial, whether that be on the court talking shit or doing things and I clapping like, back at people on Twitter. Yeah. But now that's that's shifting a little bit and we have to embrace that shift and we gotta understand that like, hey, it's okay for us to have players that that wanna speak their mind and they wanna they wanna back this up or they wanna defend themselves on social media. I'm cool with that. And yeah. I wanna see I wanna see our teams get a little chip on them. Hell, I'm tired of not winning championships. These guys should be too, and they represent us, so go for it. Yeah, the, shit, I mean, the last 60 years hasn't worked. We might as well change that yeah. narrative now. Yeah, I mean, this is a city that used to love the fact that Larry Fitzgerald would hand the ball to the ref rather than spike it. <laughs> I don't want that mentality anymore. I want to embrace this, and it should be a fun run. And I hope DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton isn't just posting that on social media, but that's really the mindset is 
I don't care. Somebody better throw a chair this season. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> why, why throw a chair? I've just been asking since last season for Monty to throw a chair. So now that Monty's not here, somebody else has to do I, it. I don't think we're going to see the chair. <laughs> those chair. I just want somebody to throw a chair. Also, those so chairs much are, to ask for. Those chairs they are, are so heavy, like, heavy as hell. Heavy. Like, it's not like Bobby Knight throwing a little cheap piece like of plastic. And when I mean throw yeah. a chair, I don't mean like pick it up and launch it, but like. Push it over. I don't know like, if we should I'll be that. Not throwing a chair. I'll take that. I would love somebody to throw a chair, but I'll even take just a shove. I would like to aggressively point. fold it shut, please. I, would, I, I just think in today's day and age, especially in a lot of the last couple of weeks, we should just leave the chairs on the ground. It's not like, you know. I mean, Ishbia can chuck. Although in that instance, court. you know, I don't, just throw no, a chair. That's all I'm asking for. Anyway, we do have another super chat. The first one ever from Suns Worldwide, thank you for your first super chat, said, I think a fifth chair on the show could be cool. Eyeball so emojis. So that Lindsay could throw it? <laughs> there you go, so I can throw it? No, Suns Worldwide is a very uh, hardworking young man, high schooler yes. out there in Indiana who uh, has some aspirations to... Uh, be here someday. So. Oh, that's yes. what you mean, Sorry, huh? Okay. We might <laughs> be able to work right, right. We'll see. We'll see. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back tomorrow, same place, same time, 3 p.m. on our YouTube channel. So come hang out with us then. And until we see you next time, you can follow the show on Twitter at phnx underscore sons. You can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Sorry, guys. We got to make this quick. I got to throw a chair. Oh, boy, boy. <laughs> Hey yo, my lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX though, Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball, we here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. Y'all.